This is a forwardly podcast. Paging Dr. G. Paging Dr. D. Please report immediately for a consult. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Hollywood RX. The doctors are incandescent. Here to shine a light on the movies worth your time and the ones that aren't. And as always, it is my pleasure to introduce the man whose light never goes out, Dr. <laughs> oh, D. My How are you, Dr. D? I am demystified. Demystified? Wow. Yes, that's a. It'll become clear as we go on, but uh, no, I'm talking out of my ass. I don't know why I said that. I just. I needed a D word, man. Um, so what are we doing here tonight? Tonight, tonight, <laughs> our spotlights shine on Jurassic World Dominion, third installment I in the Jurassic. Dominion. That's right, third installment in the Jurassic World franchise, which itself is a spinoff of the Jurassic Park franchise, and already a monster hit at the box office. No pun intended. I don't know if I can speak for both of us, <laughs> but I found Jurassic World Dominion to be, if I may summarize it in two words, numbingly unengaging. Hmm. I thought the effects were pretty much what one would expect, but the story added nothing new conceptually, produced no suspense, and thought it was being clever by rehashing scenes from the first film. Almost a complete waste of time, but I'm stopping a little short of saying that. <laughs> and I'm sure they're grateful. Well, I guess I should have gone first because now I have to follow that, uh, <laughs> that darkness with my sunshine. But listen, I am a sucker for big summer movies, tentpole movies. I have historically had a great time. And, you know, some of the greatest... Some of the greatest times I've had in a movie theater have been watching like these big, maybe sci-fi or whatever it might sure. be, uh, these, these fun and dumb movies. Unfortunately, this movie was only one of those things. Dumb. Exactly. <sighs> and this is going to, this is going to get hard in here really quickly. Oh boy. I hope we don't have anyone who uh, considers it one of their favorites and is hoping to hear us. Uh, wax on about it because I I, I, I can't uh, imagine that anyone's coming out cherishing this film. <laughs> well, you know, not anybody who is an adult. Uh, and it's funny you say that because I I felt a number of times like it was directed for children by children. <laughs> I uh, I absolutely agree. So let's just sort of jump in. We don't need to keep, you know, parrying back and forth here. I had hoped to uh I had hoped that somehow you would have liked it or I don't know what. Uh but uh, it just it becomes hard when neither one of us is excited by what we're seeing and there really wasn't a lot to you know, thrill me here or engage me. You, you what did you say? Nine mind numbling, numbingly unengaging, unengaging. Yeah. Um, and I felt mind numbingly disengaged by it. So, you know, I don't even know where to start. Like where this this film got off on the wrong foot. But right. I had happily forgotten completely all the details of uh, what is it? Fallen Kingdom, the one that came before this. Something like that, yeah. So as soon as we see the 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 girl, I'm like, oh wait, what? <laughs> She's who? Huh? And okay. Frankly, I thought the setup uh, for this film with you know this this her DNA and then loca giant locusts plaguing the world. Yeah. Neither one I felt really gelled or cemented in a way that had any audience member caring one way or the right. other 
Um, and in fact, if anything, I felt the uh, the setup was so clumsy. You know, we see the locusts and these two kids in the barn, and then Laura Dern goes out there, and you know, the woman says, "Well, that's because you know they use biosyn and we don't." Something right, like that. Right. And it's like, well, okay, well, that mystery's solved. I mean, <laughs> like right from the jump, they're just saying this is what's you know something's going on here. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, we'll save you the trouble of testing the soil and, you know, whatever else. I'll just tell you straight up. <laughs> right, right. Um, and yeah, quite aside from the fact that, quite aside from the fact that the creature that they have captured is clearly like a, almost like a new species. I mean, oh yeah, that's a locust, but it's it's 15 times bigger. Yeah, and I don't think anyone ever said anything like, look at the size of that thing. But, right, you know. right. And why it would need to be that big if, if, listen, oh my God, we're just from the very beginning. If you're an evil, if you're an evil corporation, well, first of all, I, I'm not even really sure what the hell was going on, but if you and I were going to genetically alter a, an insect to help wipe out the global food supply so that only our precious seeds will, will be permitted to grow by these bugs... Wouldn't we have made them look exactly like regular bugs, but be different internally? Not make them giant. Yeah, I also didn't get the leap to giant locusts, unless, right. you know, maybe during the Pleistocene era, they were giant. Who knows? <laughs> I, well, but it, they're not even saying that they're like dinosaur, uh, I don't know what Dino locusts. Yeah. Or were they some... Were they supposed to be locusts that were from a period such as Jurassic? Or were they just supposed to be regular locusts that had been changed genetically? Unknown. Or enhanced in some way? Unknown. Unknown. It was also news to me that yeah. locusts would bite people. Well, genetically enhanced ones. Oh, I see. Were they actually doing a lot of biting? When, when Sam Neill and Laura Dern are attacked by them in the lab... They come out of it with torn clothes and a couple of cuts here and there. So, yeah, I sort of felt like that was as much about just being flown at, you know, just being assaulted by them without them necessarily having big, sh sharp teeth. But in, in any case, yes. Uh, I felt um, bad for Laura Dern and problems. Sam Neill. Listen, I felt bad for us. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> they can get in line for people to feel bad for and well, you know they 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 dangle jeff goldblum yeah as being in this movie and you know what you could almost remove him from the movie there was no need for his character to really be there you yeah could have could have gotten through stuff a lot cleaner mm -hmm. um if we're gonna have one guy who's an inside man already the guy who gives them the right. tour right why do we need a second inside man it also doesn't somehow it seems a little incongruous that dr malcolm <laughs> would would be in cahoots with a company like this anyway yeah i mean i thought he made some passing reference to you know you have to pay your mortgage or you know he, he you know he was basically selling out or something but or maybe he did it so that he could you know uncover what they were doing i don't know it doesn't seem like he would have had anything to do with them, nor that they would have wanted anything to do with him. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I yeah. hate it when couples are separated in sequels. <laughs> I don't mean physically oh, yes, separated, but I mean they were a couple yeah. in whatever, and then in the sequel, mm -hmm. now they're, they've separated. They somehow couldn't work it out. I guess it's easier to create a reunite cute scenario mm -hmm. than yeah. than portray yeah. people who've grown and evolved into a much more nuanced relationship i mean i'm sure this has been going on longer than that but ghostbusters 2 had that built in i think did that, it um i thought so i thought that bill murray and sigourney weaver were sort of got together in the at the very end of the first movie or the implication was that they would yeah. be together and that in the second movie, they had a child, but were divorced. Who's the couple that are there? They're not together now. Laura Dern and Sam Neill. But I don't think they ever were. That was the whole thing. Uh... 
I, mean, I think in they that were. First... I think they were in the first film because really. Well, because there was that whole thing with like he doesn't like kids, and the girl or someone in the either the girl or the boy said something in the first movie like something to the effect of. Well, she told us to to go with you because it would be good for you or something like that. And then mm-hmm. like forced forced Sam Neill to hold hands and whatnot. That's funny so, because I don't I don't actually remember specifically the first movie, but I'm just gonna say my piece. I believe that what was going on in the first movie very, very subtly was that she may have had an interest in him and he may or may not have had an interest in her, but it was nothing that was ever overt. You might be right. Although, I mean, he also did get... They don't play it in this movie as though they have a... They got married or they dated for an extended period of time. It much more feels like it's two people who were afraid to say to each other or afraid to take that step. All all that blocking where they're kind of almost in each other's arms and they're almost kissing each other and... All right, all right. No, 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 it's all right. Listen, you can enjoy it the way you want. You can hate it the way you want to. I can hate it the way I want to. I just don't happen to agree. (laughs) No, there's plenty of reasons to hate it. I hate it that they were trying to make them a couple. So Uh, I I hated that they were the the clumsiest, what would you call them? Uh, Archaeologists? uh, Just that whole awful sequence where they go into the restricted level. Yes, where they're doing their spying. Yeah. Spying, yes, yes. Clumsy spies. Yes, espionage. Yeah. The clumsy, the clumsy esp- espionage. Uh, no, that was extremely awkward and painful, and I don't know. It all just hurt so much. It did hurt so much. We, Although that said, I did like the image of the locusts on fire. That was cool. I just liked the locusts swarming. I thought they did a very good job of that thing you can see and that you've seen other times. Yeah. But, I mean, for all this talk about Laura Dern and Sam Neill, we, we really should be talking about uh, Chris Pratt and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose we have to. Um, I am a very big Chris Pratt fan. What? There are things he's done. There are things he's done where I find him very charming and very, I mean, as much as Harrison Ford ever was. Oh, my God. Oh, that's 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 blasphemy. That's that's blasphemous talk. Okay. Such fine. as such as. Well, I mean, in some cases, it's not going to. You're not going to. Parks and Recreation was the TV show that I first became familiar with his work in, and he is not playing a hero or a. He's a little bit. He's like a charming doofus in that, and he was very funny, and he was he was very good. So, I first. I first came to like him in a completely different kind of genre and tone. Yeah. Context. But I think Guardians of the Galaxy, I think he does a terrific job in that that first film. Uh, And I like, yeah, I I felt like he did a a good job in that film. And that film was, you know, fun and silly. I don't know. Is that a film you're familiar with? Uh, No, I I have not seen any of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Well, then... uh, Then shut my mouth. So I'm... I was I was All disappointed right. that he wasn't given more or better to do. Look, we watched him in that horrible Tomorrow War thing. He was terrible in that. And I, I felt and like he just walked off of that set onto this one. Uh, he may have. Or he filmed them both back to back. But I have to say that I have no light in my heart for Bryce Dallas Howard. Full stop. Didn't like her in the first Jurassic World. Didn't like her in the second one. I still don't like her. Same here. I can crystallize what it is about her I don't like. Oh, please. Um, I feel like you see her trying really hard to look tough or look <laughs> smart or... right. There's there's something she 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 I don't know it's like she overexpresses in her face or something, but yeah she does not have a screen presence. I feel like that. I think that what you're describing for me uh, is what I sort of call I think of it as she had, she's not acting um, internal to external she's acting external that she's just wearing it. Yes, that's a good way. Um, of rather than than using her tool the way. You know, 
actors are meant to. Um, yeah, she's very flat to me, and I don't ever care what's happening with her. And then there are these endless sequences with the two of them doing things and running around. Uh, it was almost like, um, I suppose because they called it Jur they, it's Jurassic World, it was necessary that eventually it include the entire world. It just, the way they were jet-setting around almost felt like a, a Mission Impossible movie or a Bond movie where you're going from yeah. one kind of exotic locale to another. Oh, yeah. With much less a sense of connected purpose. It all seemed a little bit more random than yeah. it sometimes does in those in those spy movies. And I didn't understand how the how big the world is and how they were getting from one place to another as quickly as they would get from one place to another. Did they have private planes at their disposal at every step along the way? Or, I mean, getting to Malta is no small feat. It, it, I don't know that that's where they were actually shooting. I felt like I recognized a couple of um, exterior locations from the um, the last James Bond film. Well, I couldn't um, help but think of it because of that ludicrous motorcycle chase. Yeah, yeah. Through that, that was the actual location that I thought they might have. Um, been that they might have used on. yeah 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 and uh i also didn't like the uh the born identity jumping from roof to roof and then onto a balcony and stuff like this and yeah. the dino does it too i mean it was just right <laughs> and not only does it do it but those roofs are able to hold the weight of that dinosaur well, jumping onto it. I feel but like they, they take wanted Bryce Dallas Howard's weight. Oh! They I feel like the filmmakers wanted wanted it both ways. They wanted to incorporate dinosaurs into the everyday life of the world, mm -hmm. but without or with very few consequences as a result. Mm. Because it certainly didn't seem like there was a great deal of peril just from having them walk around and amongst us, building nests on top of skyscrapers. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Know. But but the, 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 the locusts, however, that seemed to be as uh, well as one character said that they're 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 destroying our food and our food's food. Right, right. Yeah, so these sort of mindless um, insects become the, the bigger the bigger threat. Oh, there's just so much that's wrong here. I don't even think the doctors can help this. Uh, it may be one that we just need to call it on the table. And oh, it's dead <laughs> on the table. Absolutely. It's, it's dead, dead on, the, on table. the table. Oh, my God. There's so many just... So there's these chases and... And that whole, like, <clears throat> black yeah. market set piece. It just feels like oh. people sitting around a table going, Oh, wouldn't it be cool if... If we had this, and oh, what about oh, and they, they nest, they nest in the the needle in the you know Seattle uh, Tower, or whatever that one's called. I can't believe, yeah, that. Well, first of all, it seemed to me like, did did you happen to notice? Didn't it seem like there were a lot of Brits in this movie? Yes, a lot of characters were Brits correct. for some reason, but the one that offended me the most was the uh, the blonde. Versace looking yeah. woman in that uh in that whole Malta yes. sequence. Only because <laughs> Yes. I'm she, gonna give you her name. Hang she on. looks She's like Deacon Lockman or Deacon Lockman. Yeah. She is the the evil henchwoman from the first Impossibles movie come to life. She looks oh. exactly like her, like wow. uh, like uh, dare I say it, a clone, if you could clone <laughs> an animated character in, into the real world. That's funny. Oh wow, I never. I've seen her in a couple of other things, and so oh, really, my mind on her is elsewhere. Yeah, uh, I think she's in. Um... And I really hated the line when she's fighting with with uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, who introduces the whole was it the taser the electric shock thing whatever it is that they're using mm -hmm. and very yeah. introduced very clumsily but i really hated when deachin or whatever her name is when she said you're not supposed to use that on humans you just right. tried to kill her like anything goes <laughs> bitch what are you talking about right, right. 
Well, maybe it was their backwards way of saying that those were meant for dinosaurs so that we would That's understand what I that think they were dinosaur is. weapons. That's what I think it is. It's like you said in the start, it's hard to know where to begin. And it's there's so many bad things. Oh, here's another thing I, I, I hated. I mean, I guess what they were doing is we were following two or three groups of characters. Well, three groups of characters that involved two or three people in it each of the groups, as they crisscrossed the globe, drawing closer and closer to one another until they all found themselves in the same place at the same time, that little hideaway up above. Right. So, oh, I had a giant argument with my wife. Maybe you can help me here. Yeah, sure. Okay. Funny, I did too about this movie. (laughs) They're on the plane. Yes. Um, and there's a problem with the plane and they know they're not going to make it. And there's well, only one parachute. Right, right. Plane well, is they think they're not going to make it. Right. Oh, the plane is attacked. Yes. Attacked by the, um, by the, whatever it was, whatever the flyosaurus. And so they're going down. So Bryce Dallas Howard jumps off, uh, with the parachute and there's a, whatever, pull the thing. And then the, it's, a, it's attacked by what it doesn't matter. Um, exciting falling for her. Um, and her mission was to land and go find the girl, I think. Yes. And then the, the, the other two take the plane, try to land it, essentially crash. They have what is one of my favorite set pieces in the whole thing when they're on the ice, ice. and the thing is under there. There's a great shot from above where it's swimming around in circles below them. That you can yep. see the red flashing. I yep. love that. I like that whole bit there. So they then come out. And they are going to go find Bryce Dallas Howard, who might be a mile or two or three miles away through the jungle. Bryce is chased a little bit by a dinosaur. She ends up getting in a swamp and hiding underneath the water. There's a pretty cool shot of her under the water as it goes yeah. at her. There, Listen, I'll give them this. There are probably a dozen shots in here where I go, that's a cool shot. My uh, the, the, the thing, the one piece of gold in this movie to me is yeah. the shot where she's slinking along the ground and you just see the big legs and feet <laughs> behind her right right as she's going for the water fantastic uh, yeah yeah there was some some nice uh stuff in there here and there but um so my, my wife kept saying they were at civilization why did they and she kept going, why did they come up behind her? Why did they come up behind her? And then she kept talking about how they were in civilization. So I said, forget about civilization, because you're just wrong. There was no civilization. The whole point well, is... Well, no, but what she, meant is, she, what she meant is is that they, they landed in a place that must have some connection to the main site, because, because it's a built environment, as opposed to where yeah, it, Bryce Dallas Howard is. Right. But she, her, she kept focusing on why were they coming up behind her? Why were they coming up behind her? her That's a great question. Bryce, no, okay, good. Then I can argue with you about it. This is what happened. She jumps out. She goes down. Their mission, her mission is to go find the girl. Their mission is to find Bryce. So they land. They get free of their dinosaur there. And now they're trying to backtrack to find Bryce. And they get to the place where her... her parachute is hanging in the tree and now they're essentially tracking her so they are behind her yes just flat out it doesn't matter civilization none of that matters right they're trying to find her they're following her right and so consequently they would come up behind her it was the the fact that they all then yeah go here's the problem i have with that Mm -hmm. as far as bryce knows yes the the destination was in front of the plane and she gets down off the parachute and she looks and she sees smoke in the distance, which she assumes yeah. is the plane. Right. Now, aside from the fact that that was miles away, aside from the fact that there was no smoke coming out of the plane when it was sitting in the ice, uh-huh. <laughs> that's the direction she should be walking in. All right. I'm going to parry, if I may. I appreciate your point, but... And this is what ultimately I said to my wife is I said, we all have very little knowledge of what the geographic issues were in the space that they were in. So I'm going to go with they were flying. They skirted where they needed to be. They went past it. They got into trouble. She jumped out. 
And so it's actually behind them. I never thought I would say this, but I agree with your wife. Oh, my God. It's a first. It's a first. <laughs> well. No, no. It's your funeral. Uh, okay, fair I, enough. Anyway. I, I understand what you're saying. Yes, okay, they may have, the, the plane may have gotten off course and turned around. But, but more to the point, really, is that Bryce doesn't have a map. She didn't, as far as we know, look at a map. She, she wouldn't know where she's going, in which direction to go right. to find the girl. Or to find anything. I mean, yeah. when they said, you go find her, I thought, how is she going to find her? Yeah. That implies knowing where she is, then getting inside, then da, 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 there's so many steps. And the other thing I said was, as long as then we can put this fucking thing to bed, this part of it to bed, is that, look, first and foremost, she was just trying to run away from a dinosaur. Bryce was. So she may not have gone in any direction that makes sense or, oh, this is where she should have gone or that's where she should have gone. She's got to go where something isn't going to kill her. <laughs> okay, let's just forget it. This is, there's nowhere here. What I was really leading up to was the thing I hated the most. Which or one is? of the things I hated the most, which is when they all get together at that, you know, facility out yeah, somewhere yeah, yeah. in the middle the of the jungle. Yeah. The roundabout. And that set piece was infuriating to me because it was like, all right, we need to have something for each of them. So there's nine characters. I think it's nine, eight or nine. Yeah. And each one is going to get shown off. So the girl is going up and then the dinosaur comes and it bites the cage on the I outside. Like that. And it ultimately I like, tears I like that the cage biting of the away. Cage. Yeah, I like that. I'm not arguing the merit of the individual thing. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm saying. just saying that. Each one of them had their own showcase moment where they either were in danger and got out of it, or they rescued somebody who was in danger, or it was just way too calculated to make sure that each character had its moment, up to and including Jeff Goldblum with the, you know, flaming cricket on a spear that he throws into the mouth of the, of the, the fucking... I like the inventiveness of putting a flaming locust on a spear. Yes. It annoyed me, though, that whole sequence just seemed to, quote-unquote, pay homage to the first movie. Yes. Yes. Um, no, not just, I mean, not just that sequence, but he, he, that one did in particular, with the, the table, be, the, the car being turned on its roof right. and being pivoted and by around, the thing, and yeah. people being inside looking out, and... Um, I think there was, even Jeff Goldblum may have been waving something in the first movie. Yeah, he was. He's um, waving I a think, flare. Right. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's done that before. And so in some ways you go, oh, yeah, well, he would know how to do that because he did it once. But in the other way, it's like when he did it the first time, we had not seen it. And it was amazing because we had not seen it. And now we're just seeing it again. I know. It's not good. It's like the, the filmmakers thought, you know, oh, everyone will get a chuckle out of this. Oh, he's doing it again. You know, it's supposed to be like a fan, yeah, fan service. That's what they call it. So anyway, that that section of it annoyed me, and I, you know, what I what I was thinking about when I was watching it is that it made me think of um, Star Wars Episode Seven, which which for a lot of people felt like J.J. Abrams was just regurgitating New Hope, and I definitely see the DNA on on hand in in seven but seven still made me feel like i was 12 again okay yeah so i mean i've seen it done where i am caught up in it and it's okay with me right. but in this case it just didn't feel earned and it didn't feel right <sighs> and it felt more like somebody who had not somebody who had just seen movies was writing a movie rather than someone who it wasn't coming from the same place of craft now colin trevorrow is that how you pronounce his name you don't know. <laughs> um, he is the writer-director here, I do believe. Co-writer. Oh, okay, co-writer. Who did he co-write it with? Oh, boy, I don't know her name off the top of my uh, head. It's all right, I'm looking at it here. Emily Carmichael and Derek Connolly. Derek Connolly gets a story, story by credit, yeah. and Emily Carmichael... And uh, Colin uh, Trevorrow or Trevorrow or whatever, Trevorrow, um, he gets uh, a co-screenwriting. And he 
is uh, American. He's not British. I always thought he was British because the name Colin throws me off. Uh, what's weird about him to me is that he that that somehow he got hired to do this. Because when you look at his filmography, there's nothing <laughs> to do this. Nothing to suggest. Yeah, that he would be able to handle big effects, big cast. Correct. That is exactly what I was going to say. Now, as a producer, he was involved in uh, a movie from 2012 called Safety Not Guaranteed, which was very small. It's a very small film about... It's like an independent movie, and it's... it's Who's in it? It's Aubrey Plaza, Mark Duplass, Jake Johnson, uh, among others. And it's a, it has a little bit of a time travel possible mm. element to it. But it's very kind of small budget and all of that. He, that. He's listed as a producer on that in 2012. And then four years later, he, you know, or, or eight, it was 2012 to 2018, he does Fallen Kingdom. He produces Fallen Kingdom. So something happened in there. He networked his fucking ass off somewhere. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, and I can't even quite figure out yeah. how it happened. Agent of the year. Um, he worked on Lego Jurassic World. So he... He was involved in a TV miniseries based on, no, but Jurassic World, that was him anyway. I don't know. I don't understand how it happened, but... It's astonishing. It's just astonishing. Yeah. So, and I feel like this kind of showing in this one, just how poorly... The height, the uh, height of incompetence to me really is, is expressed in the climax of this film. Mm-hmm. Is I really... First of all, I don't know why the makers of any of these films think that dino versus dino is uh yeah is going to generate suspense or any kind of visceral thrill for the audience mm-hmm. or that, or that we, we care, care at all. all so i really hated that tack on at the very end spoiler alert when uh yeah when the, when the one kills the other after everyone's gotten on board <laughs> the, the the helicopter right and and you know, it's like yeah. At the very least, it could have been the helicopter can't land because this fight is going on, and maybe there's a fire going happening. Some other element where the the it's it's in it's coming in and it's yeah, coming yeah, yeah. in and it's coming in, and if they can't if they don't get out, they're going to die regardless. So that the fight is going on while they're trying to get to some element right, of right that they would take advantage um, of one dino killing the other to get away. Right, yeah, um, and that then the other dino can get away if it wants to or doesn't. Right. I don't no care what does. it does. Right at that point, <clears throat> it lives out. It lives um, out its life well, in the sanctuary they, that is created. I had been uh, reading among my, you know, whatever. Uh, they call the Tyrannosaurus Rex Rexy, which makes me want to yeah. hurt all of them. And there was definitely discussion about well, we can't kill Rexy. The fans will be furious with us if we kill Rexy, and I'm like, I don't care if you kill. I don't Rexy think the fans not. would care if you killed. Blue. Um, <laughs> oh, they might more you about that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that was the big payoff at the end was that Blue got her baby back. Who gives a shit? But That's that was a, the big emotional he, payoff. Yeah, I he, he, he keeps his promises. I yeah, baby yeah, home yeah. <laughs> to dinosaurs. Yeah, um, <laughs> but but here's the thing, you. You you couldn't have experienced it quite the way I did because I don't know if your camera froze or if you just I have my head in my your hands. hands. <laughs> okay. Um, it just so happens that my good lady wife and I in February went to uh, Universal Hollywood uh-huh. theme park. We hadn't been there in many years, and so we went back, and there was a lot of emphasis in the Jurassic uh, ride, I guess, that we went on. I can't remember what it was exactly. You know, you're standing in line forever waiting to get where you're going. And so there's lots and lots of, like, you know, monitors that are showing you things, and they're just occupying your mind. But what they were selling was, forget T-Rex, there's a new king of monsters. And it's this whatever, whatever. Uh, that thing was supposed to be. So it was going to be, yeah, you used to think you should be afraid of the T-Rex, but the T-Rex is a pussycat now compared to this bigger, more dangerous, more upsetting one. Um, 
And I could almost not tell the difference between the two of them. I know I'm getting to be an old man, but I was like, uh, okay, I think the one with the snub nose is the new one. And, the, you know, well, couldn't one of them have been red or purple or something that I could actually latch on to? And then this one that had, was sold to me at the theme park as being the baddest, you know, badass, da-da-da-da, is the one that gets killed. <laughs> <laughs> now it took two of them to do it you know rex had up. to yeah had to uh, join up team up with uh edward scissorhands there Scissor whatever that was that, that other that's an you know and that's actually Scissor another thing that bothered me in this movie was it seemed like uh yeah people were dropping dinosaur names left and right none of which made yeah. a difference right you're not you're not educating no. the audience but if anything it it kind of leaves you scratching your head like, oh, she's a rogue mercenary air- aircraft pilot who ju- who can ID a, a, a dinosaur and, and get its name and out on the spot. Right. Well, now here's the thing. You don't understand how smart that is in the writing department. That was a way of illustrating for us how much dino- the presence of dinosaurs had penetrated society because even random people knew the names of dinosaurs and knew how to pick out the differences and this is a that one and that is a this one. That's actually class, class A writing that you're just not capable of recognizing. I think you'd be throttling me if we were close enough. Oh, boy. I think they were very proud of themselves. I believe they thought that was character well, development or you know, you know, I, indicating I'm sure they were also proud had. of themselves for the... Uh... The post-climax, uh, the, for the epilogue. Uh, remind me again, because I, I think I've shut it It was this, this montage of dinosaurs and oh, real animals yes. coexisting. Yes. My wife and I had a little conversation about that, because, you know, it's not like wildly different species flock together. Uh-huh. That doesn't happen. Eagles don't flock with cardinals. Right. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> yes, they're both birds. Right. But that doesn't mean anything. Right. My wife is under the impression that what those shots are supposed to convey mm-hmm. is not a global harmony of animals and dinosaurs, but that these specific dinosaurs are flocking, commingling, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um with those specific animals because those are the specific animals whose DNA was borrowed to fill in the gaps to make those dinosaurs. I said, that is a leap like I can't begin to describe. There is no clue given that that might be the case. Right. Um, And how would they find them? How would the dinosaurs find them? Right. And 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 while the dinosaur, if you want to argue the dinosaur feels some kind of kinship with this animal because we share some DNA, right. that animal's gonna be freaked the fuck out. <laughs> yes. It's gonna be like putting a a teacup a teacup Yorkie in with a wild wolf. A Doberman. Yeah, yeah. Doberman. Like a, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, what I was going to say is those were among some of my favorite images. Honestly, I didn't give it the level of thought she did. Um, but <laughs> I love you. How are they going to find them? Yes. And the natural animal <laughs> would be terrified of the, you know. This big thing coming over to it <laughs> yes. trying to make friends. Yes. Um, but I will say this. As much I really wanted you to tell me a story that I could 100% go, well, I got to tell you, I agree with your wife. Just to get you back for agreeing with my wife, but but I can't quite go there. I will say not, not to, not there's on this almost one. something brilliant about her interpretation, um, but it doesn't hold water uh, completely. I find, and also no. because they were often using like frog DNA, so the more accurate montage would have been, you know, raptors running around with bullfrogs. Or chickens. Or chickens and things like that. Yeah, well, in theory, yeah, in theory, the dinosaurs may be descended a little bit more from birds than, or birds may be a little bit more descended from dinosaurs than. Were were some, did did you get the impression, were some of those dinosaurs supposed to be crossbreeds? 
Uh, I think so. I think they were supposed to now be. Which is funny because, oh, that's another thing I hated. The B.D. Wong character who suddenly gets a pass yeah. on, you know, the, the, the 20 some odd years his character has been. Yes. Fooling with dinosaur DNA for all the wrong reasons. Right now, you say now suddenly you say you were. Oh wait, yeah. this locust problem right. that crosses the line. Now he's got. Yeah. Uh, he suddenly has a conscious and a whatever. But yes, as much as you were like you, you felt bad <laughs> for. Um, oh, you said her name, and now I've completely forgotten. The the Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Thank you. Um, you know, as much as you said you felt bad for Laura Dern. My wife says she felt bad for B.D. Wong having to wear that ugly fucking wig. Yeah, I was going to say, that that was a terrible haircut to yeah. give him. And then they put a little stripe of gray in it because he looks like he's five minutes older than he was when they made the first one. So they tried to make him look a little older. Um, I know. I know. I think they gave him Tom Hanks's wig from the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh. You made uh, me choke on my own spit. Uh, uh, so um, anyway, I am prepared to shift off of this thing now. I have one sort of final thing that may take a minute or two as part of my final take. Um, do you have anything you'd like to say before we put this miserable dinosaur out of its... Uh, yeah. Yes, I would. Good. Yes, I would. Good, good, good. Um, uh, another Another example of the height of incompetence of this script. Yes. If you recall, it starts off with this documentary that's made by a student or someone. Yeah. Vaguely, I'm remembering. Doing voiceover to, to, to set some things up. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the movie, aside from that, that just drops out and has like no purpose. Right. But then they... They end with this narration from the original Maisie when she's older. Oh. Remember? And and, and she's given that preachy message about mm-hmm. oh, how we all have to live together. Just, just that whole thing just irked me. <laughs> that like you're you're pulling this from that character because presumably no one saw that part of the video. Right. All the archival video logs that that scientist created. That's funny. That just made me think of something else. This is not the final thing I wanted to say, but do you think there's any chance that Universal, they keep are selling this as the end of a, the saga? Do you think there's any chance that there aren't more of them? My answer is no. Uh, sure. No, I, th- I think they're going to go the way of Star Wars and do a, a third trilogy. I do too. But this one's going to be this one's going to be the lead up to the first. Jurassic Park movie. We're going to see young Richard Attenborough's character <laughs> go through the various hoops. Oh my hoops. gosh. That's, uh, that's very intense. What I was going to suggest is that we had Jurassic Park, and then we had Jurassic World, and next we were going to have Jurassic Universe. Jurassic Planet. Uh, Jurassic Planet, or whatever. Uh, they're going to have to realize that the dinosaurs are going to need to be relocated to another planet that will be a perfect habitat for them. That it will involve three things that are taking place in space. You know, the first one is like a a riff on Alien. On Alien, right, right, right. The transport ship. Yeah. And one of the dinosaurs yeah. gets gets loose, and now they're being hunted on a ship. Yep. And then they get finally get where they're going, and that's the end of the first one. And then there's a second one where they're now trying to let them loose, and they'll they'll make something up. And and old old Chris. Uh, oh, old Chris Pratt. Why I'm surprised they didn't. You know, wouldn't it have actually been nice if they had brought back the kids from the first movie? I really think they should have. I really think they should have. It might have been nice to see that the girl from the first movie grew up to be a paleontologist mm-hmm. after that whole experience. You know, like that or anything. Yeah, I mean they they had plenty of stuff that they had plenty of stuff going on as it was, and I don't know where they could have shoehorned them in. But I'd rather have cut out some of these other new people that we'd never seen before and that we're never going to see again and and uh, and add these two. So here's my sort of closing statement. Um, I have a list here for each of the five, you know, sort of main actors. 
which is the movie of theirs you should go see instead. Ah, nice. Um, not, I have more than one for each of them, and, and it's not necessarily, the list is not necessarily about like, like a movie that is their movie, fully their movie. It's just a movie they're in that is way better than this one, if you follow me. Oh, yeah, okay. I follow. Chris Pratt, I've already mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. Uh, Magnificent Seven was stupid fun, but he was stupid fun in it. Uh, he was pretty good in the Lego movie, as these things go. Zero Dark Thirty, a, overall, is a okay movie. Mm. And uh, there's a movie called Wanted, <clears throat> which was Angelina Jolie and uh, James McAvoy. And it's like a sort of a, not exactly a superhero, it's an assassin type movie. And I, I think, think I saw that. Yeah, yeah. And Chris Pratt played the douchebag co-worker. So he's only in two or three scenes, but he's really, yeah. it's much closer to what he was doing on TV. It's sort of a comic, you know, dopey guy, but a little bit more of a dick oh, than the guy okay. who played on TV. And there's a great shot in it where he gets hit in the face with a, uh, with a, face key, with a keyboard. keyboard. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and the and the letters fuck you. Yeah, you know, the letters fuck you fly off. Yeah. I kind of like that movie. Uh, I did too. I, it was a sort of a guilty pleasure for me. Um, uh, Laura, I liked hearing Morgan Freeman say motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> that was like worth the whole right. damn movie. Morgan for me. Freeman is is in that as well, and uh, he's also quite good in it. So that's a lot of fun. So uh, Laura Dern, of course, you've got the original Jurassic Park. You can't beat that. She was in The Founder. With Michael Keaton, which I recommend, it's the it's the story about the guy who basically took over. It's the story of the McDonald's franchise. There were hmm. two brothers who had it. They brought in a third guy to help them, who had who was a hotshot business is- guy, and he ended up just fucking ruining their lives and making McDonald's what it is today. I will never eat at McDonald's again. But so it's kind of like the social network. Of <laughs> yes, but fast the, food, fast food. And it's very interesting. I mean, the guy had a lot of smart shit he did, but he really fucked them over. Um, and that's Michael Keaton doing a great job. The master she was in um, by your by your guy. Um, I forgot she was in there. Yeah. I have to watch that again. So she's not front and center, but she's in there. A Perfect World. Uh, and Rambling Rose put her on the map years and years ago. Oh, yeah. Um, and, of course, Blue Velvet. Yeah, Wild exactly. So she's got just she's got really yeah. deep stack. Fantastic pedigree. Yeah, exactly. Sam Neill, also the original Jurassic Park. He's been in Peaky Blinders. Um, the first season of Peaky Blinders, he's, is a, it's a good show, and he's good in it. Uh, the Piano by Jane Campion, who we talked about uh, <sighs> last he's year. Fantastic. Absolutely. That, the Hunt for Red in, October. Uh, Right. Um, so he's, he's and, in... and he's another one of these that he's just got, he's got hundreds of, uh, uh, and so these are just to name a few. A very, very early film of his, or a very early Nicole Kidman film that he's in called Dead Calm. Oh, I did. I didn't remember utterly, he was in that. Utterly fantastic. That is a great utterly movie. fantastic. That's a great movie. Yeah. Um, uh, Jeff Goldblum, uh, in addition to the original <laughs> Jurassic Park, Grand Budapest Hotel, Independence Day. Uh, Isle of Dogs, Silverado, The Right Stuff, Big Chill, The Fly, The Fly. I yeah, I thought about that, but I mean, and that's will always be Brundlefly to me. <laughs> that's very fair. And then where credit where it's due, Bryce Dallas Howard uh, apparently did an episode of Black Mirror, and that's a pretty good show. That I don't remember. She mm. ruined it by her presence. Um, okay. Interestingly enough, she was in. Terminator Salvation, Spider-Man 3. She's been in a couple of big... <clears throat> that was a, the last Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. She's been in a couple of huge franchises, um, but she was. Uh, but those were terrible movies. The two I just mentioned are pretty bad. Yeah. And then it gets worse. Lady in the Water and The Village, both of which are M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> so, oh, she's village. almost like the kiss of death. But if, yeah. you, if you look carefully enough in her filmography, you find an Oscar-winning film that she was part of. It's called Apollo 13, and she played Girl in Yellow Dress, and she was uncredited because her dad directed the film. So I'm not saying that there's a ton of nepotism here, but I have trouble seeing her having a career if it weren't for that. I feel Mm. like doors got opened for her that she did not bring the goods for. 
from what I've seen. And I've seen Terminator. I've seen all of those things I just talked about. I've seen. However, as a director, she did several episodes of The uh, Mandalorian and several episodes of the Boba Fett series for Disney+. And they were all... They were good. And so I think Hmm. maybe... I think maybe there's That's a, the place there's, for her there's a place for the her directing, but that not, may be a harder place for her to go right now or whatever it is. So that's my little list of, you know, go check out something else that these people did instead of this to get the taste of that out of your, uh, <laughs> out of your brain. And that's, that's the end of that. Now, while we're still, okay. While we're still on a, a somewhat of a, a somber note, I did want to take a minute to talk to you personally, whether or not this makes the air, about the passing of... You forgot the name. I forgot his name. Philip Baker Hall. Philip, Philip, yes, the passing of Philip Baker Hall. Yes, which was announced today. Yeah. For those who are... uh, Yes. Uh, Anyone who doesn't recognize the name Philip Baker Hall, you probably remember him as uh bookman the library detective (laughs) on seinfeld right the episode where the overdue book comes back to haunt haunt jerry (laughs) Jerry. um he's also uh he's been in a couple of paul thomas anderson movies he was in uh hard eight he's fantastic in that yeah uh he's fantastic in magnolia it's a very small part in boogie nights yeah, he was a presence. I'm curious. Do yeah. you were you ever aware of him before this '90s Renaissance? Because he, yes, you were. I did. I did know of him, and I will. I will be happy to tell you. Please do that. I was. I went to a screening. I don't even know how I ended up there exactly. But I went to a screening of um, Secret Honor in 1984. A film directed by Robert Altman. Oh, that's right. Where Philip played Richard Nixon. But he didn't necessarily yeah. do it in a way like he was, you know, putting it on. Imitating? Imitating. Yeah. He played it just like a character. And he was phenomenal in that movie. And it's, if I remember correctly, it's like Richard Nixon sitting at a table talking to a camera. I mean, it's not, it's basically like a one-man show. It was from a one-act, I think. So yeah. he's got a ton of, you know, work to do to to carry that thing along. So I knew him I knew him back then, but hmm. how about you? No. I I only became aware of him from the Paul Thomas Anderson movies. And oh, I got you. Yeah. You see, yeah, he jumped I, he, I haven't looked at his filmography, but I'm very curious, you know, like what was he in as a young man? Mm. What, what the I, early? I can't imagine he ever was a young man, but his earliest credit as a as a diner owner, and he's uncredited here, is uh, in 1970, uh, Zabriskie Point. Oh, I know Zabriskie Point quite well. He's a diner owner? He owns a diner. Is there a diner in that movie? I oh, man. I don't know. So he would have been 40 in that. Wow. And he, yeah, he's just one of these guys who just kept going and going. So he's got, you know, nearly 200 credits on IMDb. But he definitely popped onto my radar um, in 1984. But he was also in a, a, a Guilty Pleasure of Mine, Midnight Run. Oh, I love Midnight Run. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to see what he, it just says Sydney. That's I, not a guilty pleasure. Well. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's, no need, there's no need to it's be actually, guilty, feel guilty about have that. Have you seen it since then? I haven't seen it in a number of years, it, but I saw it two I or three times. I was always on the lookout for it, and it was nowhere to be found for a long, long time. And then it popped up recently on um, in the last year or two on HBO, I think. But for the longest time, or like, um, there's another one. It was on video? Yeah, I just meant on TV. Oh. You know, it's not, it just seemed like something I couldn't show my kids. I was having trouble, I wanted my kids to see it. Uh, maybe I well, it's funny you say that because it seems like you know that would be that would be decent fodder for for some channel. Yeah, putting on movies. Yeah, you would think. Um, I but. don't know exactly what was going on there, but Midnight Run was '88. So and you know, so mm-hmm. then he starts appearing in things like Ghostbusters two and so on and so forth. 
And of course, mm. I was a diehard. You mentioned him before, fan. Seinfeld fan. So absolutely adored yes. him in that. But also another movie that I really, really like a lot. Um, he was in as well, which is um, uh, the talented Mr. Ripley. And he played a wow. detective near the end of the movie, or just a fixer, or something. I forgot near about the end that. Of it. So it was. It was. He was. And and I and I saw Heart Eight. I loved him in Heart Eight. He's one of those actors who, you know, when you saw he was in something, it just meant that, first of all, that the whole thing is probably good. And if the whole thing right. isn't good, there's definitely every scene he's in is going to be good. Is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, you know, want to sort of send my thanks to him. Yes. And uh, my, you know, uh, warm thoughts to his family and so on and so forth. And I know we don't usually talk about that sort of thing here, but maybe we'll, maybe we'll introduce it. Maybe we'll uh, do that more often, and and uh, we could also spotlight him in an episode if we want to, where we really dig in. Do we want to do trailer trash talk, or just do trivia and call it a night? Um, I would like to do a little bit of trailer trash talk. We could skip the trivia if you want to, unless you're really excited about the. No, I came up with the question. No, I want to deliver it. God damn it. Okay. Well, listen, uh, we've got all that stuff behind us. Before we move on to trailer trash talk, I want to turn the spotlight on the diabolical Dr. G, and he has this week's, <laughs> what do we call it? Uh, it was a listener question, a trivia question for the listeners. We used to call it something. Yes. And go. The trivia question is. Yes. So we have Sam Neill appearing in Jurassic World Dominion, which is the third of a trilogy. What's the other third of a trilogy film that Sam Neill starred in? I think I know it, but only because I was getting ready for this show. Because you just looked up his filmography. That's what I mean, as I was in going through his filmography to find other things. I think I know, but I'm not sure. But if you are sure, if you do know the answer and you don't need to look it up, extra credit for not needing to look it up, you can tweet your answer to hashtag I don't remember. I got to find my notes. Hashtag I don't remember? I'm trying to uh, send your guesses to hashtag HRX contest. That's hashtag HRX contest. We will collect all of the answers there. And if we have multiple uh Winners, we will draw one at random. Uh, looking forward to reading your guesses. Extra credit if you don't have to look it up. We'd like that better. Of course, we're just on the honor system with that. And as long as we're talking about hashtag HRX, we'd also like to say that you can join the conversation. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and Instagram or write us at uh, HollywoodRx at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think of what we said, of what we didn't say, stuff you think we should talk about. Um, and we're on the various uh, t uh, social medias as well, all of which will be listed in the, the show notes for this episode. Um, looking forward to finding you there. Thank you. Now, yes. Trailer Trash Talk. It's time for Trailer Trash Talk. <laughs> so what stood out to you? I'm wondering if we saw the same trailers or not. Well, I saw, I, I got only four trailers okay. when I saw this, one of which was a teaser mm. for Black Phone, which oh, doesn't count. Oh, I forgot. Really. Yes, Black Phone. What was it you said, though? What Black Phone? Uh, they, they just showed a teaser. Okay. They just basically showed a kid in the room and the phone rings and... <laughs> the black phone okay it was like oh that's lame that's, that's funny because really we saw way more to the point at which hmm. we were made uncomfortable by how many young people were in the audience and what they were seeing because it is a a dark little kidnap movie i think uh, yes, among other things is. and something i'm really looking forward to i got a bunch more than just the teaser um i did however see f a full-blown trailer for bullet train yes I did too. Which just looks like nonsense. Yes, I, I agree with you. And just based on the trailer, I feel like Brad Pitt is miscast. I feel that way too. Um, he, I felt that way too. The impression I get is that he's supposed to be kind of a over it, sort of a 
um, assassin who's, you know, sort of had enough of it all, or he seems like he's a bit of a bumbler, and he's just supposed to be a little bit maybe comic, but it just doesn't play right to me. He can do that if it's very tailored for what he can do, but I didn't feel like this was. Anytime he kind of goes shaggy, I go, I'm not interested. But uh, yeah, so I'm with yeah. you on that. Did you see um, the, that uh, Nope? Did you see the trailer for Nope? Nope, okay. I did not. All right, but that's coming up. And uh, do you know who B.J. Novak is? Yeah, of course. He's in the office and uh, Inglorious Bastards. Yes, he's got a feature that he stars in, and I think he may have had more to do. He might be behind it in the writing or whatever else. So um, okay. that looks good, called Vengeance. So we're not trashing them so much today. I guess not. (laughs) So, Dr. G, before we wrap up the show completely, there is someone I'd like to introduce to our dear listeners. Okay. The newest addition to our HRX family is Nellicent Wellows. And here she is now with an announcement. Oh, Nellie. Hello, my lovelies. Ness Nellie here. The good doctors have asked me to have a pop-in to let you know how to reach them. You can find them on Facebook, follow them on both Twitter and Instagram. You can even write them a good old-fashioned email. Imagine that. The details can all be found in the notes for this episode. They'd love to hear what you think of a show, a film they've discussed, or even something that they haven't. Their lives are dreadfully dreary, and they can't wait to hear from you. Honestly, it's all they talk about. So, do keep in touch. Farewell and cheerio! Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to thank you for joining us. It really wouldn't be the same without you. For now. Oh, no. And until next time, the doctors are out. <laughs>